and welcome to episode 248 of SMARTS, which as you know stands for... Simultaneous Multimedia Affair Reveals Tantalizing Specifics. Whoa, nice one. I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame-Podcaster, and with me as always is Trevor, aka Rudiger Q Podcaster. Hello. Hi. So pretty much all the news we have this week revolves around reveals from DC's uh, online Fandome event. Fandome. Which was about a week ago. We haven't talked about it yet because we took last week off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to kind of go through them uh, rapid fire because there's too much stuff to really delve into and, and a ton of great detail. But we got um, teaser trailers or in some cases full trailers or additional details on all sorts of things. We got the first little teaser animatic images mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them for uh, black adam right mm-hmm. we got um a full new i guess the final trailer for wonder woman 1984 mm-hmm. oh i love the, that panel it just the, all the debut of McClary. the debut of uh cheetah's uh, yeah. visuals for the film mm-hmm. we got the first trailer for the justice league snyder cut mm-hmm. we got um, additional details on the flash movie and some sort of preliminary concept art showing off his new costume and uh, the Michael Keaton Batman, who, although they didn't mention by name, is like right there in the art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we got the full lineup and cast for James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. So now we know who everybody's playing because there was a lot of speculation about, you know, Idris Elba's character, John Cena's character. We know all those, all that now. We got the first sort of teaser behind the scenes thing mm-hmm. for that. We got the first teaser trailer for the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, The Batman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um and then you know, leading up to the event, we got a whole bunch of additional, a few little leaks and news snippets, including the news you know, relevant to the stuff we just talked about, about the Flash movie, about how Ben Affleck will apparently be reprising his role as Batman in that movie. So both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton will be Whoa. Batman in that movie. That's awesome. Because it's going to be about, it's going to be bringing the concept of the multiverse to the movies. And so he'll be traveling around. It's going to be sort of a loose adaptation of Flashpoint, apparently. So I guess he'll be going to different universes and maybe they'll finally get the um jeffrey dean morgan thomas wayne <laughs> batman in there that oh everybody's been asking God. for so they could have three batman um yeah it's exciting so which of these what are these sort of stood out to you what was the most exciting well for me my 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 absolute favorite was the first one that we caught which was the wonder woman panel i love the trailer i love the the panel itself was so beautiful and uplifting and fun and informative the trailer and- was obviously the most fully formed thing that we could see because everything else was either early teasers or concept art or you know like suicide squad we didn't get a full teaser snyder cut we got some some new footage but you know he's going to be working on it for another year you know and some of the visual like the dark side visual effects looked a little early give me a fish out of water steve trevor any day it's so funny um, I loved seeing um, Cheetah's char- Cheetah do more, and also obviously Wonder Woman is the best. And Patty Jenkins was great, and then Linda Carter made a surprise appearance, which was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So honestly, that was my favorite part, and we watched a good deal of it. Um, I also really enjoyed um, the Suicide Squad game because we got well, to yeah, debut. I was going to say we don't talk about games a lot, but yeah. they showed off the trailers for the uh, Gotham Knights and, oh. and Suicide Squad games, which are. When you said game, did you mean movie? I did no. I so I meant the game with the actors from the Suicide Squad movie. Well, I don't think <laughs> they it's... basically did like they they broke up into teams and they were doing trivia. You remember? 
Oh, that's what you yeah. meant. I thought you meant the, I <laughs> I you know meant the Suicide you Squad meant. video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great too. They really nailed the the physical animations for for well, the. Well, those characters. were some great those trailers. Great. Like if you put aside the fact that they're for video games, yeah, the, I know. the Gotham Knights trailer was really interesting. Characters that you don't get to play as very often in games like Batgirl and Red Hood and the Suicide Squad. Uh, An orphan g- game trailer. Well, no, she, oh, there was no orphan in there. There's was, orphan. No, it was Batgirl, uh, Robin, Red Hood, and Nightwing were the four. They didn't show off. I mean, other characters might show oh. up and or might be like DLC characters later or something, but those are the four they showed off. Okay. Um, you could easily imagine they could have Orphan or Batwing or whoever yeah, else. Yeah, I guess I did easily imagine even. it. <laughs> um, and then the Suicide Squad game trailer, which is the new game from the from Rocksteady, which is the studio that made the Batman Arkham games, which sold a billion copies. And, you know, Kevin Conroy was in those and everything. And so this is in that same universe, mm-hmm. but now it's focusing on the Suicide Squad. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of Suicide Squad stuff between the game and the movie. And wouldn't surprise me if we got another animated movie at some point just yeah. to sort of capitalize on it. There's the new comic going. So, yeah, that's that's the hot property these days. Um, yeah, I... I the the Wonder Woman trailer looked great. The Snyder Cut trailer, they showed all sorts of things that we didn't expect, like characters that weren't in the theatrical version at all, like Darkseid and Iris West. Um, the Flash movie details were exciting. The new costume looks great. The sort of teases of, of the Michael Keaton Batman in there were, were interesting. The Suicide Squad lineup, get off-the-wall characters like Peacemaker and Polka Dot Man and, and mm-hmm. uh, Javelin and like that. Um, the Batman teaser was really cool and moody. Yeah. It'd be interesting to have like a, a dark noir, like Riddler mystery thriller, mm-hmm. which is something we haven't really got before because the Jim Carrey version of Riddler didn't really lend itself to mystery thrillers necessarily. No. Um, yeah, I think it all looked, looked really, really good. These were, these were all really exciting trailers. There was also, um, some other news coming out of there that, that you were probably less aware of because we didn't watch all of it, but. So we know the next DC animated movie is going to be this Batman Soul of the Dragon, which is the 70s thing we talked about with David Giantoli as Batman and mm-hmm. Michael Jai White and Kelly Hugh. They announced what the next couple of movies are going to be after that. So the next one after that, this is exciting, is going to be Justice Society World War II. Whoa. So this is going to be the first JSA movie of any kind. <gasps> so I don't know whether this is going to be an original thing or whether it's going to be set in this new shared movie universe that the Superman Men of Tomorrow movie that just came out is set in, like if it's going to be a prequel to that. Um, I don't know, but it'll be the first JSA movie, That's which is exciting. exciting. Yeah. And then they're going to do much like they did uh, The Dark Knight Returns as a two-part movie, mm-hmm. two-installment movie that they then later like released as a two-and-a-half-hour... Solo um, cut? Yeah, like all edited, all edited cut. together. Yeah. They're going to do a two-part adaptation of the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale classic series, Batman The Long Halloween. Oh, uh, Which nice. is something that people have been asking for for a long time because that's 12 issues. Um, 12 or 13 I think it was 12 issues I think there was one for every month Mm -hmm. Um, and so it would be really hard I mean I guess they've condensed long series down into short movies before with varying degrees of success but yeah I feel like if you're going to do I mean I guess Hush was also 12 issues and they condensed that but they really changed that if you're going to do Long Halloween though with all of its different suspects and little bits I feel like two I mean two and a half hours is still two and a half hours for the equivalent of 12 times 22, you know, about, what, 250 pages of story mm-hmm. in in two and a half hours. Might yeah, translate, yeah. That seems that's like still a little slim. Within I, the same ballpark, but still. I mean, still that's like the equivalent, of, the equivalent of Watchmen, doing Watchmen in, in 
two and a half hours, which, you know, Zack Snyder tried to do. And then he had to release like a four hour director's cut that still had a lot of stuff Missing. that wasn't in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it'll be exciting to see them to see them do that. I think they could do a good job with that. And seeing a Justice Society animated movie will be exciting. Um, they also announced that we talked about this previously like a year ago, but it just it didn't end up happening. I think there were some behind the scenes wheelings and dealings that had to happen before it could fully happen. But uh, Milestone Comics, you know, mm-hmm. the, the imprint founded by Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cowan and a few others, um, will finally be returning. Those characters will finally be returning to, to DC in 2021, uh, starting with a digital-only Static Shock series. It's going to start in just a month or two to sort of lead the way. Mm-hmm. Then uh, starting next year, it's going to roll out more in full force. There's going to be a Static Shock graphic novel. There's going to be a new Icon and Rocket monthly series. Um, and then more and more, you know, they're going to go back and release all the old milestone material digitally, yeah. sort of remastered, put it all back in circulation. Cause right now there's no easy way to read any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that, that'll be exciting. We, we've talked before about how the milestone stuff is coming back, but it just never happened. I think they had just, I think they sort of probably announced it too prematurely. I think there were some legal things that they had to work out. And then also we, we talked a few weeks ago about how John Ridley, the, uh, screenwriter of. Was it, I want to say, no, I want to say, what, what's the name of the movie? Is it 12 Years a Slave? I never saw it. Is um, that the name yeah. of the movie? Um, I, I just have 12 in my head because we're talking about 12 issues of The Long Halloween. I'm like, is that the name of the movie? <laughs> um, anyway, whatever it is, how he was going to do this um, DC, the, the, the other history of the DC universe focusing on yes. minority characters. Mm-hmm. So he's also doing a new Batman project. Mm. And what's interesting about this is that it's supposedly in continuity because they say that it's going to have big effects on the whole Batman line. And it's, by all accounts, going to feature a black protagonist. Mm-hmm. So people are speculating that this is going to be l- putting Luke Fox mm-hmm. in more of a prominent role. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, the all the scuttlebutt was that in the now seemingly aborted 5G reboot with the different generations they right. were going to do, yep. that, you know, Bruce Wayne would now be an old man because he was going to debut in the 40s, mm-hmm. that Luke Fox was going to be the new modern Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that's seemingly now not happening with the Dio out and everything, but this might be something that's kind of picking up that idea mm-hmm. with, so whether it'll focus on him as Batwing or whether they'll actually go back to the idea, which they had for a while under Grant Morrison of there being like multiple Batman. Cause for a while they had Bruce and Dick and the Batman of many nations and Batman incorporated and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I always, that's like my favorite era as we've talked about. So I wouldn't mind them going back to that, but. Making him a bit more prominent. I mean, he's on TV now, right? right. He's been in some of the animated movies. Um, and, you know, increasing the visibility of some of your more uh, prominent minority characters mm-hmm. is, is a good idea, too. And obviously, that's the sort of material that he gravitates towards, given the stuff that he's worked on before. So that's something else we're going to be getting next year. That's so awesome. who knows whether, you know, the, I don't think they're going to get rid of Bruce Wayne forever, right? Or, or maybe even at all this time. But mm-hmm. it seems like they're going to be positioning Lucas some new more important figure within the Batman universe. And that's that's it. That's the news from the fandom. Awesome. So yeah. should we move on to our comics of the week? Yes. So what was your comic of the week? So this week I picked Suicide Suicide Su Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Suicide Squad number eight. Basically because I love the good backstory between uh Wink and the Aerie, uh, how they met, uh, what happened to them, how she got separated from her basically her royal family. Um she was the daughter of the president um, and kidnapped and held for ransom. But the president was a strong woman. She said, I'm not going to sacrifice my entire country for the sake of my child. Um, I have to be a president first and a mother uh, later. So the they experimented on 
the airy and gave her the wings and wink had kept her her own developed power a secret so that they wouldn't take her away and mysteriously like she's never seen again and then you see that it's a facility that's run by amanda waller um all of that was so interesting and fascinating and wonderful and how the two of them uh met and escaped ultimately um they have one half of some dynamic blow-up duo with them because one of their other uh, little kid friends, the two kids had powers that I'm excited to see how those are going to come into play now. And yes, everything is just moving forward. And even though it's a backstory, you get a lot more information about what's going on on the other side of um, Ted Cord's machinations too. Or, you know, I put Ted Cord in air quotes. But anyway, so yeah, but I also wanted to honorably mention Wonder Woman Dead Earth number four the last issue because it was awesome it was a great capper to the issue and also Detective Comics um, number 1026 (laughs) Um, just because Killer Croc is a good character and I'm a sucker for any story with that even though it's it's sort of paint by numbers but it it was very good so you should pick that one up as well and since we didn't talk about comics for a couple weeks I figured I'd mention those as well so what'd you pick so i picked batman three jokers number one oh seems like the obvious pick i know i picked that one um yeah this was fantastic you know jeff johns jason fabok this has been long long teased going back to his going back to his justice league run when the new 52 was still a thing so god five years ago something like that how long has it been since the new 52 kind of ended how long is it because you started reading when the new 52 ended so it's been three Three, four four five years something like that um back when they first teased the idea of there being multiple Jokers, and now we're finally getting that story, and it was fantastic. It's, you know, it, re- it reminds me a lot of the, reminds me a lot of Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. which he also wrote, and mm-hmm. even the art, even though they're two very different artists normally, I think the very strict panel structure and the highly detailed nature of their art mm-hmm. kind of is uh, kind of makes the two feel of a piece, but also pacing-wise, just the way that it's being laid out, the very deliberate panel structure, the maturity of it, you know, having like actual curse words and, and stuff like that, more adult content because they're both black label books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was really, really good. And, you know, the characterization of, of Batgirl and Red Hood and this was really good. The idea of there being multiple Jokers, like the criminal, the clown and the comedian. And you're immediately, there's all sorts of like crazy, you know, <laughs> string and, yeah, and, ball and yarn pin, things, pinned up yeah. notes mm-hmm. on, a, on a wall theories on reddit about like oh so this joker was the one who was in these classic stories and this joker must have been the one who was in the classic Mm -hmm. and you can tell because this is the kind of bow tie that he wears Mm -hmm. and this is you know the the way his hair is drawn and i'm sure all of that is intentional these people are probably largely right because so much detail was so much attention to detail was was in this this was going to launch months ago and then when covid hit they took the time to really you know cross the t's and dot the i's like Mm -hmm. do do an extra pass on the script and just make sure the art was everything it could be so this is going to be super polished um, there's a big shock. Already, there's a big really shock at the it. end. Obviously, the mystery at the heart of it. Like, how can there be three Jokers? Mm-hmm. Is there one original one, and he created the others? Were they all created together somehow? It seems like now they want to create more. So maybe there was one original one, and they're trying to like, you know, right, right. So it's, but it's just a really interesting concept. Now, obviously, the art is super interesting, and the the characterization, particularly of Jason in this one. Um, yeah, because yeah. I feel like that's something that, I mean, there's been stories about Jason sort of trying to get revenge. I mean, obviously, under the Red Hood is the main one the one where he was reintroduced but that was almost like equally him going after the joker and going after batman and going after organized crime kind of all at the same time um there's been so many stories and we're reading some of them now about you know barbara and how she feels about the joker and what the joker did but those stories have been told a bunch of times we've gotten less about jason 
and his, how he feels about the Joker just because he was completely off the board for so long, yep. right? Because they, yep. they killed him, and then it was only about 10 years ago that they brought him back, whereas Barbara has had stories told continuously for that whole time, and they, her being shot and him being killed were only a couple of years apart in the comics. They happened in very close succession. Um, so it's super interesting to see him confront one of the Jokers at the end and the way the Joker kind of manipulates him, and it's it's all super interesting, and the, and the art is fantastic too, and... It's all really good, so I'm I'm looking forward to the. Lot. I don't know how many, if this is three or four issues. I'm not sure, but it's monthly, so we'll get it in. It's not going to be like every two or three months like Doomsday Clock is, thankfully, because I think they've got the whole thing finished because of the delay with COVID. I think so, so. Yeah, we'll get it all in pretty rapid succession. Oh boy! So we're going to skip over our activity this week. Uh, we're going to go straight to shows. Mm-hmm. So we the only thing we have to talk about is two episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> so there's the one from last week. I mean, technically, we have a new one that, we, that we've yet to watch. So the yeah. one from two weeks ago. Uh, temporal edict and then the one from last week which was moist vessel so temporal <laughs> edict was the one where uh, the concept of what was it buffer time gets yes. brought to the captain's attention and she imposes this new strict schedule on everyone yeah. mariner and ransom are part of an away team that go down to a planet to present a crystal to the the locals yes but they present wood instead and they have to go through because a whole everybody's thing overworked where they're, so they're got coming it right. after them with spears and then they're imprisoned and one of them has to fight the big alien guy and the yes. shirt gets ripped and that whole thing right and, and then, I don't need a weapon. These two fists will do, yes. And then last week's episode, Moist Vessel, was the one where um, they're trying to, what's the thing, like they, them and another Starfleet vessel are towing this generation mm-hmm. ship, right? The generation ship starts to infect the Starfleet ships with like transmuting their artificial materials into organic ones. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Tendi befriends this guy who wants to ascend to become pure energy like Q or the Traveler. She kind of screws up his... What seems like his one chance to do it, and then she kind of keeps following him around because she can't stand the idea that there's someone on the ship who might not like her. Mm-hmm. And this kind of a, a fun capper to that at the end. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Mariner gets promoted by the captain as a way of either sort of forcing her to shape up or causing her to flame out so that she can get transferred to another ship. She'll request to transfer to another ship, and she'll be out of out of the captain's hair, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what do you think of these two? I continue to love this show. It's so funny. It's got... Just really funny one-liners, um, but also it's incredibly quick, but also like all full 100%, 100% Star Trek. It's just great. Um, I really am entertained by like all of the things that they've done so far. Um, Temporal Edict was really hilarious. Um, and I mean, the Moist Vessel, I think my favorite part of Moist Vessel was that poor Tandy kept running after the person like please i'll do this i'll do this relax so you can ascend rah and then he does the the favorite part was when he does at the end and that was just crazy that was a lot of fun because he's like why is this so painful nobody told me ah this is painful. Ah, <laughs> good luck being connected to everything hilarious yeah these were like the first two the first i mean you hear the creators talk about how they want to like flip the the a plot b plot dynamic of classic next gen episodes yes. so the first couple of episodes didn't do that as much like you kind of see what they were going for but right right it didn't really have the ratio that they they keep talking about it having these two really did like if you look yeah. at the first one it's like well the away team mission that goes wrong and then two of our guys get captured and have to fight in an arena that was the b plot the a plot was scheduling wackiness yes. aboard the ship and yes. then the second one the idea of having to tow a generation ship that then starts infecting mm-hmm. the ship and transmuting it that would normally be the a plot mm-hmm. but here the a plot is you know, Mariner doesn't like being a senior officer and Tendi won't leave this guy alone. Yeah. 
and that's the A-plot, and the ship being transmuted into organic material by towing a generation ship that's out of control is the B-plot, yeah. right? Yeah, and it was, the captain's, uh, it was the captain's fault because he wanted to be in primary position so that he had he looked uh, more distinguished in comparison to... Right, and even, to, the, concept yeah, of, so even the concept of Tellarites being belligerent is, goes all the way back. To, and they, played, they really play this up in the Enterprise episodes that dealt with Archer trying to mediate between the Vulcans, Andorians, and Tellarites. You yeah, know, the Andorians yeah. were the... The Vulcans were the secretive, logical... Yeah. cold ones the andorians were like the the aggressive militaristic paranoid ones and the tellerite tellerites were the belligerent yeah. hairy ones right yeah, yeah. Who, who who took um you had to be rude to them like aggressive and overbearing for them to respect you like that was the way that they communicated you right, know like yeah. if you tried to be conciliatory and soft-spoken to them they would take it as offense you know oh so the tellerites had this sort of belligerent sort of somewhat egocentric attitude about them you know right so that's sort of in keeping here and even some of the other ones that we've encountered i mean going back to the original everybody kind of bases that well how much can we extrapolate from that one journey to babel episode right with spock's parents and the andorians and tellerites how much can we extrapolate about andorians and tellerites from that because i think the only episode that those yeah. races appeared in and everything since then has been like well what can we do that's sort of like consistent with that but fleshes them out more because there's almost nothing there to work with there's so just one funny. guy in a bad pig mask right yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah so they were a lot of fun they have you know these classic but one one of the things i really like about these was like you'd think that ransom like going back to the first one you'd think that ransom would be like you get jerry o'connell who who seems like a super nice guy but he's kind of got this swagger to him yeah. you know what i mean yeah um and then you cast him as, as first officer jack ransom who doesn't shave and he's like the Riker or Kirk type, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Not that Riker or Kirk were jerks. I mean, Riker was a was a big cuddly teddy bear, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just that he also, you know, liked the ladies. Yeah. But but you think like, oh, here's Ransom. He's going to be, especially since our, our guys, the Ensigns, are kind of positioned, not in opposition to him, but like he is kind of like. He's the he's alpha. A, like, and not necessarily the an antagonist, yeah. but he's like. You know what I mean? He's not on their side. He's like a force that they have to work around, if not overcome, right? The senior officers are like obstacles or nuisances to our guys yeah you know while also being like aspirational figures right um so your position to think oh he's going to be a jerk right like he's going to be like coming on to mariner and even if he doesn't do that he's going to be like no stand aside little lady i've got this yeah but instead he's like super nice to her and Mm -hmm. he's like oh you know we can't you know he's he's he actually he actually believes you can tell that mariner believes in what starfleet's all about too she only kind of pretends that she doesn't right but she just assumes that he's some jerk that doesn't know regulations or care about you know yep. being culturally sensitive or or peaceful exploration stuff but then they're stuck in this thing and he's like he does care about all this stuff right yeah. just because he wants to take one for the team so she doesn't have to doesn't mean that he's sexist or right. a jerk or you know any of these other things he you know he he actually walks the walk yeah, you know yeah like he was he was every bit as you know he tried to talk first he tried mm-hmm. to you know and he's, he was not the kind of shoot first ask questions later kind of guy he is the the model starfleet officer it's just he seems like going all the way back to the lower decks episode of next gen right where Riker seemed that way to the what we now call the lower deckers yeah. right he seemed super intimidating and mean and so on but that's just because none of them could were in a position to get to know him but once you get to know him you know that he's Riker right whereas this guy's kind of the same you know they think that he's going to be all these things that he's not really you know and I you know I like that because you you think that oh well this is going to be their chance they're going to Mariner's going to show this guy up and he's going to be revealed to be a jerk who's all talk right? right but then but that would be I feel like that would be a betrayal of all the Star Trek stuff that the writers and everything say that they're 
that they care about. You know, right. the idea that this guy could rise to the rank of first officer on a ship while being some sexist jerk who doesn't care about Starfleet. Yeah. I mean, we all we all know that it's only the admirals in Starfleet that are jerks and don't care yeah, about, exactly. about the rules, exactly. right? Once you become an admiral, you're automatically evil in, 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 Star, in yeah. Star Trek, right? They're, they're the real obstacles in the, in the world of Star Trek. Commanders, mm-hmm. sometimes captains, you know, mm-hmm. captains mm-hmm. can go a little too far. They get the sweats and the crazy eyes. It yeah, happens yeah, every yeah. so often. But the admirals are the ones that are across the board. Like Picard was an admiral for like a week and then he had to resign because he's like, I can't it was either that or he'd become evil, right? right Those right. are the two options. Yep. Um, God only knows. Like Janeway, supposedly still an admiral, she's probably super evil now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Kirk, Kirk could, couldn't take being an admiral either. He had to get himself demoted back to captain. Yep. So, yeah. Hilarious. Admirals, evil. Commanders, sometimes good. Yeah. Oh, Captains, okay. mostly good. Right. You know, mostly until good. they get the sweats. Until they that's get the sort of the, sweats and a vendetta. That's the hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. The white whale vendetta. Yeah. But it was super good. So this week, uh, Mariner's girlfriend shows up. Yeah. I can see that being source of a lot of comedy. I'm Voiced not sure. by? Voiced by um, Gillian Jacobs. Oh, you. Gillian Jacobs. Gillian Jacobs. Oh, my. And uh, I don't know what the quote-unquote A plot, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if that's the B plot, which is actually the A plot, I don't know what the A plot that's actually the B plot is going to be. Right. Um, but, they've, you know, as we've said, they've obviously got a lot of tropes that they can don't, check off. Don't forget. No pun intended. <laughs> Pen, pun was intended. You you fess up. You intended that. No, pun. I didn't actually. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, what about the statue of uh, Miles O'Brien in the future? Right, the most important person <laughs> in Starfleet history. Right, and what's funny is it's a statue of him as At he appeared the on the Enterprise D, like he's standing with this sort of like look of mild disinterest, Miles yeah. disinterest on his on his face behind his uh, his transporter uh-huh, console, console there. Mm-hmm. It's not him like holding Deep Space Nine together with with. Duck. Chewing gum and, yeah. and bailing wire. No, it's like him standing in that one damn transporter room. Yep. Um, so Making I don't, sure everybody gets it's safely like on. People and don't even remember. Oh, like oh, he was a major part of the Dominion War, saving the entire Alpha Quadrant. It's like no, nah, we forget all about that. He was really good at operating the transporter for five years on yep. on the Enterprise D. That's ma- mainly what he's remembered, remembered for. for. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So. And and I, I remember I was listening to the – you listened to it too, right? The Vulcan Hello podcast. Yeah, and they yeah. said that – I haven't checked this, but I imagine it's true that, that they said that they checked um, memory alpha. And now that's like literally something that it says on O'Brien's memory alpha page is, oh, he's also known as – in the future, he'll also be known as the most important – because it's canon, right? Hilarious. Like you can't do yep. anything about it. Can't it's canon. Yep. The Star Trek fans are like – even the ones who don't like the show, they must be going through some sort of like – psychic break right because they don't they don't like the show but the wiki the wiki has got to be up to date it's got to be accurate because they're star trek fans they can't stand the fact that 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 all this information hasn't been thoroughly documented it's like i hate this but i've got to spend my weekend entering this information meticulously into the wiki it's the only there's no other way like what else am i going to do right so they're stuck they've put that in there it's probably they're probably crying as they're doing it like no this doesn't make any sense but no they've got to enter it into the wiki it's great that's fine those people take themselves too anyone who can't anyone who says they're a Star Trek fan and, and can't get at least mild if you like humor is subjective you yeah. don't have to think it's super funny but I don't see how you could watch this and not be at least be amused by it yeah like I don't see how you could watch this and find it like offensive offensive or... to the concept of Star Trek right like, I don't yeah. know that's that seems overblown to me yeah it's super good yeah agreed so, so that's it yeah, that's all we got. So, um, yeah, short show. If you want to reach out to us, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our, um, what did I miss, website? www.smartspodcast.com. Weibo. Um, Baidu. Tr- trillion. AIM. MySpace. MSN. 
Oh God, MSN Messenger, yeah, QRC, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I got all of them. <laughs> I feel like I want to rewind the tape and listen. Tape? Who does tape anymore? Uh, do you have a funny sound for us? I do not. <laughs> How about? Was that transporter? Oh, I thought it was just mo- I thought it was moistness. Ew. 